1: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham.
0: Welcome. And if you want to run with the game changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, hindsight. Is it really 2020? Stick around and find out. I have a couple questions for you. How many, tell me the truth. How many times have you failed in a business or a career move? Hmm. Maybe you'd rather not say. Let's take a different approach, especially with the new year coming. Rather than being measured solely on your successes, Wouldn't it be so much more productive to be graded by the number of times you fell down, dusted yourself off, I think there's a song in there, and got back up to try over and over again another way another day? Doesn't that feel better now? Well, smart entrepreneurs recognize the benefits of this type of retrospective thinking, let's put that in quotes, through the 2020 rear view mirror of their own experiences. This is gold. This is valuable. And they have a wealth of knowledge to share. Guess what? I have three such experts here on the show today. Let me tell you about them. They each sent me an interesting quote, and we'll meet them in just a moment. First on our panel, first up, will be Vish Kanaran from Liquid Analytics. I love the name of that company. Have to find out more. And he says, to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield is the last line of Ulysses by Alfred Lord Tennyson. They made me memorize this in cold Canada in grade school. where well, there's a shout out, for a cry for help. We'll talk to Vish and see if he can share some more of his Canada memories with. Also joining Vish today is Ralph Trites from Trufa. That's a brand new company. Been alive for about two weeks. Talk about doing it over again. And Ralph quotes Galileo. Galilei, you remember 1564 to 1642. And the quote from Galileo is, and yet it moves. Four very powerful words. We'll find out from Ralph why he picked that and how it applies to our topic. And our third person up on the panel today will be Andy Yen at SAP. And he quotes Charles Darwin. We've heard this quote before, but it really applies today. It is not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent that survives. It is the one that is the most adaptable to change. Thank you for that, Andy. So join us for the next hour for their firsthand real insights. Our topic is a startup's rear view mirror. Oh, if I could do it all over again. I added the O because it made it a little more emotional, you understand. I'm Bonnie D. Welcome to Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio. This is episode number, I think we're up to 10 today. We are live. It's Thursday, December 19th, 2013. OMG. The holidays are right around the corner. Year end is just hurtling toward us, and we're looking forward to great things on this show in 2014. Little Birdie told me they've renewed for the whole year, so we are really just getting started. I want to welcome. My special guest today, and by the way, we are tweeting live, at least uh, Liquid Analytics and Game Changers at Bisberg Radio are at hashtag SAP Radio. Please join us. The water is fine. Let's meet our panelists today. Vish Kanaran is President and CEO, and as if that isn't enough, on his business card, it also says Chief Data Scientist at Liquid Analytics, and the tagline is where insightful analytics meet inspiring user experiences and where fluid experiences Meet Big data on the go. I can picture that. Vish has over 30 years of experience and he's excited to bring a wealth of mobility, user interface design, distributed systems, and real-time analytics experience. Previously, he was instrumental in starting and growing three other companies. Talk about a serial entrepreneur in the mobile analytics and user experience spaces. He's here on the radio because right now he's not out cooking tapas or running on the beach with his dogs. Vish, welcome to Startup Focus with Game Changers. How are you today, Vish?
2: It's great to be here, Bonnie.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. Where are you calling from today, Vish? Calling you from sunny St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, sunny, but is it warm? Tell me, tell me.
2: Sunny and warm. It's beautiful here.
0: Good. Well, it's sunny and cold here in New York. We're kind of bookends here on the East Coast, although I'm not really that far north, but certainly far away. Vish, delighted to have you, and we have a lot to talk about. And somewhere along the show, you will tell us how you came up with the name Liquid Analytics. We're always fascinated with startup names. Joining you on the panel is Ralph Trites. He's a serial innovator in enterprise applications, and there's a birthday note here on December 4th, which was just a couple weeks ago, Ralph gave birth with his former VMS colleagues, Andreas Milke, And, Gunther Tomkit, I hope I pronounced that right, Tolkmit, they formed Trufa, short for True Finance Applications. Trufa is the home for the SAP HANA-based predictive application Scoop, and that's all capitals, S-C-O-O-P. The new company is supported by the VC firm Excel Partners. Ralph was previously, and we mentioned as co-founder, co-owner, he likes a lot of titles, and CEO of VMSAG, and he spent 11 years at SAP way back in the day in development. He was on the first first SAP R3 development team. Enough about Ralph. Ralph, welcome. Finally, we get you on the show. How are you today?
3: Thank you, Bunny, for for the welcome. Yeah, I'm fine, and maybe I should say good evening.
0: Yes, where are you right now?
3: (laughs) I'm in Germany right now, Heidelberg, Germany. So we have uh, 10 p.m., and that's the reason for saying good evening, Bunny.
0: Wonderful. And I won't ask you what the weather, because every time I ask somebody in Europe what the weather is and it's nighttime, they laugh at me, and I don't want to be laughed at. So thank you, Ralph. I appreciate that. I could ask you what the weather was today, but we'll go into that later. Let's welcome our third panelist, Andy Yen. Andy is a former entrepreneur who turned entrepreneur. have to find out what that means at SAP. He's a graduate intern with the Market Enablement Team in our own SAP Startup Focus program, the sponsors of this series. Andy's responsible for exploring new go-to-market Strategies for our startups, such as the SAP VAR Channel, SAP HANA Idea Incubator. I love that. And exploring the China market. And Andy is proudly a second-year evening MBA student at UC Berkeley Haas School of Business, studying entrepreneurship and international business. He has lived in Chicago, Shanghai, San Francisco, and moved to Berkeley. And more important for his show appearance today, he has launched an international education consulting startup in Shanghai. And he moved to the Bay Area just two years ago to immerse himself in the startup world. Andy Yen, welcome. How are you today?
4: Wow, Bonnie. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Uh, I'm doing very, very well. Thank you.
0: Good. Thanks. And where are you right this moment, Andy?
4: I'm in Berkeley, California.
0: And tell us what the weather is, because I know it's daylight uh, there.
4: It's about 65 and sunny right now. It's not a cloud in the sky.
0: Perfect. I won't say I hate you, but I'm a little jealous. We're probably in the mid-20s here today. What can I say? Oh. Okay, guys, let's go back and dip our toes in the water of these wonderful quotes you sent and found out what you meant and how it relates to our topic, which I'll remind our listeners, is a startup's rearview mirror. Oh, if I could do it all over again. And I think you all are, actually. So Vish, from Liquid Analytics, you said they made you memorize Ulysses by Alfred Lord Tennyson in grade school in very cold Canada to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. How does this apply to your own startup rearview mirror? Vish, talk to me.
2: The the quotes worked for me. This is Vish. The quotes worked for me my whole life. It's like, never give up. The dream matters. Mm. You have to love the journey. That's where you're going to spend most of your time. The key thing about being an entrepreneur is just doing it. Of course, uh, cold Canada left me behind, like a good snowbird. I've moved to Florida now, but the quote is <laughs> the quote's with me. It just says never give up.
0: And in terms of our topic of looking over your shoulder, basically looking at your own core of experience, your rearview mirror—is it clear? Your rearview mirror. Are you finding these lessons? Are they golden nuggets coming to you streaming through the mirror, or do they come in little bits and pieces, and you have to piece them together like a puzzle?
2: It's it's a puzzle. Um, it's okay. you know you, you got to keep your eyes focused on the road, and mm-hmm. uh, the, the tidbits and, and and you know what sometimes the same thing comes back to you in a different way.
0: Can you give me an example?
2: Uh, the the whole idea that you never want to reinvent and you never want to goal plate everything that you do. You know there's a, there's a challenge between trying to make something perfect and also shipping and getting products out there, and that that balance is 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 is, is is constantly in flux and okay so, you know, thank
0: Thank you. I was going to say thank you. We're going to talk a lot more about that as we dive into the show, but this is a really great start for our topic. Thank you, Vish. And of course, keep your eyes on the road going forward because you don't want to miss any of the bumps or potholes. And also, if there's a beautiful sunset out there, you want to drive toward that, I'm sure, because I know many of you are serial entrepreneurs, so there's always another idea right around the bend somewhere. Ralph Trites from Trufa. Ralph, what was it like to give birth to a new company? What is it, three weeks ago? Talk to me about that. (laughs) And your quote from Galileo, and yet it moves. First, let's do the Galileo quote, and then let's talk about the birth. Go ahead, Ralph.
3: Well, this, this is Ralph the Galileo uh, quote. Well, in fact, we we don't really know whether it's it Said that that Galileo said so, reconfirming that he is really seeing the facts and he's right in in the reality. He he uh, said, while well, Earth is rotating around the sun, while the church. Uh, Said so the Earth is the center of the universe. And that's a little bit the situation you're in when you're building a new company based on, on innovation. So there are people telling you that it's impossible what you would like to do. So there are customers who are uh, giving you applause while you would like to have their orders. Um, <laughs> it's not always easy when you're forming a new company. So what do you need in, in order to succeed in uh, in the end? are two ingredients. You have to be right and you have to believe in the fact that you're right. That's what Galileo does. And so Galileo is the patron for the second half. It doesn't help with the first half of being right, but uh, at least it supports you on the second half. That's why I love that quote. And well, it's, it's as well a good quote for everybody who's in, in, in software development since uh, sometimes you're hitting hard walls uh, until you're making progress.
0: Now talk to me about the birth of your new company was it built on the experience the gold if you will of hindsight in what was going on in the in the uh VMS rearview mirror how, what how did one go to the other if you can give us just a quick overview please Ralph
3: Yep. Yeah. Yes, of, of, of course, you're always building on your experience, and uh, mm-hmm. that's what we did here, and not just on experience in general, but also on know-how, on, on things we did around statistics. So you said it's, it's predictive analytics. All these kind of things uh, take a lot of time until you understand that deeply, and it, it's great that you can always dig deeper and, and be innovative by exploiting new, new features and, and new ideas. Uh, but on the other hand, in, in order to have fun, uh, you also have to, to put some new stuff in. So you cannot always hit on the same nail, but uh, you have to put things in a new context so that you enjoy the life w- uh, while working hard. And uh, so the new company is, is a mixture of both. So we're reusing know-how. We are reusing uh, also know-how about building a company, but uh, we added a lot of new things uh, innovation, new people, new ideas, new types of customers. So there's a lot of, of new things ahead for us where, uh, well in 10 years I will give you another, uh, picture from, from the rear view mirror.
0: I hope we're back here talking in ten years. Actually at the end of the show, Ralph and Andy and Vish, we're gonna do our our crystal ball segment at the very end of the show and I'll ask you to project five years ahead. So we'll cut your ten in half, Ralph, and see where you think you're gonna be. But Ralph, based on what you said, I'm thinking that perhaps we need a subset or a or a, a subtitle for today's show, not just a startup's rear view mirror if I could do it all over again, but if I could do it all over again, much better. Maybe we need to maybe we need to add that because that's that's really what that's what we're talking about. Andy Yen, let's bring you into the conversation. Andy, thank you for joining us. And you gave a very, very wonderful Charles Darwin quote. It's actually a I think a buzzword or a bunch of buzzwords for a lot of people who've been on the show. It's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent that survives. It is the one that is most adaptable to change. That's what we're talking about. So Andy, give us a little background on you. I read your bio, it's wonderful, but how do you go from entrepreneur to entrepreneur? And that was was that part of your own rear view mirror, Andy? Andy? Andy, are you with us?
4: Yeah. Just to touch on the notes that, um, you know, Vish and Ralph had already provided, right? Like, an entrepreneur, you never give up. And uh, you always have to be wanting to learn and build and do something well and enjoy it at the same time. Well, for me, you know, I started off uh, as an entrepreneur building an education services company in China. Uh, It was very, very difficult to scale. um, But at the same time, you know, it was... Um, really, you know, an experience for me to really find out uh, part of my identity that I had not known since I'd grown up in Michigan and, you know, my family had immigrated from China. So, uh, but I realized that education, it wasn't the, you know, necessarily the right industry for me to be in. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, I said, hey, why don't I move to the Bay Area? Um, and moving to the Bay Area is a huge move from Shanghai. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm learning the, uh, I get exposure to startups at all times, so, um, and what I mean by, I guess, entrepreneur turn entrepreneur, is uh, you know when you um, at SAP, I currently uh, get a lot of exposure to uh, startups from around the world, and we within SAP, we're also trying. Our program is trying to serve as a catalyst for people to do things in a different way. So um, I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah, it does. And, Andy, you had this uh, international education consulting startup in Shanghai. You shared that with us. Would you do it again based on what you've learned from looking in that rearview mirror and seeing hopefully blue skies and beautiful sunsets ahead on your own horizon as far as professional and personal development? Would you do it again? Would you say, hey, I've learned enough. I still have a great idea. I want to tweak it, twist it, turn it, rebake it, and come out on the other side with something similar but new. Is that in your plan yet, Andy?
4: Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, Uh I still – so in my current role, actually, I helped – launched the startup forum in Shanghai. Um and you know some of some of my best friends who are in the entrepreneurial community in, in China are still living there. And I actually reached out to a lot of them to uh set up this forum uh in Shanghai that we kicked off with our CTO and board member Vishal. So uh, absolutely I would have done it again.
0: Wonderful. Good. Very, very good. Glad to have you. You know what? Vish, Ralph, and Andy, I'm going to give you all a break for just about one minute. We're going to go on break. I want to warn our listeners, don't even think of touching that dial, that mouse, that app. Don't go away. We have a lot more. Our topic today is a startup's rearview mirror. Oh, if I could do it all over again and even better. This title just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. (laughs) I'm still Bonnie D. Graham, and this is Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio presented by SAP. Hindsight 2020? Stick around and find out. From Vish, from Ralph, and from Andy. Mike out.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like Big Data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line? If you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big Data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line? You need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers.
0: Here we are talking with Vish Kanaran from Liquid Analytics, Ralph Trites from Trufa, and Andy Yen at SAP. We're talking to them today about a startup's rearview mirror. Is hindsight really 2020? How do you polish that mirror off? And check on the value of all of your golden experiences as you focus forward, eyes on the road ahead to see what's coming and how do you mix that blend of this is where we've been with this where we want to go and use the experience to make it better the next time around. Of course, the implication is serial entrepreneurs, you just keep those ideas churning and pulling them out and finding a new market or finding a new new product. And it's just important to keep that mindset going. So before we dive into our roundtable, I have a quick question for my panelists. What's in your cup today or your glass as the case might be with Ralph? Vish, what are you drinking today? Give us a little insight into your personality, please.
2: I'm drinking water. It's my favorite drink. And, uh, you know, i we never, we never drink enough water, and when I think about water, I'm reminded of that movie, Dr. Strangelove, um, with Peter Sellers playing three roles. I'm sure every one of you want to now go out there and rent that movie.
0: <laughs> and what kind of water are you drinking? There's got to be a backstory, Vish. It's, there has to, is it it's triple bottled water?
2: triple osmosis filtered water.
0: <laughs> Tri- is that a brand name? Seriously?
2: No, it's uh, I have a triple osmosis filter here in the office, and so... <laughs>
0: Thank you very much. That's charming and water is important. Yes, I have the good old-fashioned Brita and just try to keep pouring and pouring and pouring. So thank you very much for the health tip there, Vish, from Liquid. And speaking of liquid, Vish, before we go to Ralph and Andy for what's in their cup, how did you come up with the name Liquid Analytics? Quickly, what does that mean? Was it a water image or something else?
2: It's definitely a water image. Um, You know, right here in St. Augustine, we're, we're on the ocean. But liquid, it's really there to signify... The fluidity, like the decisions that flow, you know, and our first, our first, even our current icon is a little water drop. And, uh, you know, it's liquid analytics where mobility meets big data.
0: I'm looking at that beautiful water drop, and by the way, it comes out very nicely on Twitter because you've been tweeting alongside of somebody called Biz Break Radio. Oh, that's me. What can I say? Thank you, Vish, for that. Ralph Trufa in the new company in Germany. What are you drinking right now, Ralph, or what are you going to drink right after the show?
3: Well, right after the show, I will have a real good drink here. So I have a bottle of champagne here. That's what fits to founding a new company and the upcoming holiday season. So, But during the show, uh, I stick more to this uh, proposal. So I'm having a glass of water around here. But not for oh. Moses, so just, just the German <laughs> brand. Do you know Gerolsteiner? No, <laughs> I don't think so.
0: <laughs> okay, thank you, Ralph. And Andy Yen, I, by the way, I'm drinking water because they don't let me near caffeine on radio show days. I wonder why. Andy, you want to make it a foursome with water or you want to do something a little more interesting?
4: I'm actually uh, I'm having a cup of uh, fountain uh, of fountain Coke, so it, it's actually quite delicious. I prefer it much oh. more than the pan or the bottle um nice and, you know, it's, it's it's quite refreshing so
0: um, I remember those days. Used to drink a lot of that fountain coke. What a thought! I was uh, out dan- ballroom dancing last night, and in the back of the bar in this club I was I was at, uh, I saw that they had the old fashioned bottles of coke on display. I think I have a six pack in my closet of the old Coca Cola bottles. Just keep them there for remembering my roots. Very very interesting. <laughs> Thank you all for the drinks. I don't see anything on Twitter. If anybody wants to share with us what you're doing for coffee, I'm I'm very intrigued with the water statement, uh, Vish and Ralph, because it is important. Important to keep that, keeps those ideas flowing. So I think it's a very, very good metaphor. And, Andy, that little bit of spark and sparkle in the Coke, and we know that little bit of caffeine, that also keeps ideas and energy flowing. So thank you all for that. Let's go into our roundtable now. I have to do a shout-out also to, by the way, Michelle Hickey, who's on the road and listening to us somehow on one of her mobile devices in her car. So, Michelle, welcome. And let's start off the roundtable with... Um, couple of comments, some advice from Vish at Liquid Analytics. Uh, you sent me a whole bunch of pointers, Vish, on learning from your past and moving forward. And I, there's one that intrigues me because we very often on this show talk to startups who have a footprint in, on multiple continents. We've done shows recently on rethinking where you want to be. Do you want to be in the valley or do you want to relocate to the valley? Are you going to start up in an, in an energy hub like New York up and coming or Tel Aviv? Uh, and all, and various places. So, here's a very interesting comment from you, and I want to know how this applies to you in terms of rear view. I'm going to also ask Ralph and Andy to chime in once Vish explains. So, the comment is from Vish at Liquid Analytics, have your core team in one place. Be virtual and working from anywhere has advantages, but what comes to design, maybe you said your code team, there's no higher bandwidth interface than person-to-person in 2014. When you start, you want to be next to your core team. So, first, is it code or core team, Vish? And... How did you learn this from your rearview mirror, please?
2: Well, you know, all, all companies start small, and I think we all have big dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea of being purpose-specific and being very, very focused will keep you from failing. You can't, you know, it's like trying to pick up more, you know, trying to eat more than you can, you know, to swallow. It's, uh, it's, it, it came to us in the sense when we were building our first company, things started to come very quickly to us. You know, opportunities left, right, and center. We were in New York City, and, uh, you know, very quickly we realized that you really need to say no. You need to, you, the mo, no is sometimes more important than yes. And, uh, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a hard lesson in the sense that cause we, you know, if people would come to us, customers, and say, hey, can you do this? And we'd say, yes. Can you do this? And you would say, yes. Mm-hmm. And you would, just start, and then you lost purpose. You could not describe yourself in 38 seconds riding up and down an elevator. Um, and, you know, so we had to rein that in. And I think the big lesson there was it, it's not about, you, you know, you want to be the sharpest knife in the kitchen. You don't want to be a Swiss Army knife that really doesn't solve any one particular problem. Brand, you know, I think the, the lesson, and it's even more important today, is branding is critical
0: ed branding is what do you do, what do you do uniquely well, how do you want to represent yourself and why do you want people to come to you in the first place and the last place. So it's really have your core team in one place, but it sounds like have your core team be a core team with a core mission, a core brand, a core purpose and a core product or a solution that people will come to you for. Am I on the right track there, Vish?
2: Yes. And when you're starting off, there's no there's no higher bandwidth than you can than person-to-person interaction. At least At least in 2014, there isn't one. And, you know, we get, we get hung up about things like, like uh, Skype and, uh, and Google Hangouts, but, and, and we start to believe that working remotely solves all our problems. But when it comes to design, when it comes to creating that first product um, and building that team, you know, software equals team. And to really build that team, you've got to be together. And so that's something that's very, very important uh, to us, where that, you know, maybe, maybe you have... People people in many locations, but that core team needs to be connected, needs to be together.
0: Great points, Vish. And I have a, a quote here or some comments from Ralph that are right in line with what you said. Ralph, let me read this, and I'll have you expand on what And Andy, feel free to jump in at any time, and I will add you to this. Ralph says, team is key. While it's a great situation to build something new, the biggest challenge is to get the right people into the right position at the right time, not just for skills. A team needs a well-working social mix. And here's the big important word. Very fast, there must be trust in each other, hoping that for all key positions, the right people are ready to join and trust each other. So it sounds like that's a perfect extension to me of what Vish said about the face-to-face interaction. Talk to me, Ralph, about your experience, your rear view mirror. What has it taught you about this trust building on your core team? Talk to me.
3: Well, um, I've, I've really can, can support what uh, Wish was saying about having core team in one place is a great thing. Uh, the problem is that uh, it's not really easy to do that when uh, you're trying to build a company which is active worldwide. So uh, mm-hmm. to, to some extension you, you have to pay tribute to, to reality. We currently are building teams in three places. We have development in Germany in two places and we have sales and marketing in Palo Alto, California. So well, that that's nine hours time uh, difference away. That's mm-hmm. a challenge. But uh, if you would like to work in Europe and in the US, there's no other way to do that. But uh, well, uh, confirming what 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 Andy says, we are keeping at least development uh, uh, in 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 Germany so close together, and uh, that. Uh, really is needed. The bandwidth thing is it. We are uh, working here via via phone lines now. But, uh, well, bandwidth would be much better if we would sit in a studio and see each other. Mm -hmm. We cannot always afford to do that. Uh, But for the development, this this is really great. For having the link into sales marketing, into the other team members, Product management, etc. Yes, there's video conferencing. There's traveling, so uh, we are we are meeting uh, for for whole weeks. So we have uh, the team building, uh, team building activities we need, and uh, well, very often what you see, especially when you're building new companies, is that you are getting back to people you already know, you have worked with before, since you know what they are, how they are ticking, and what they can, can do as a great contribution to the new company as well.
0: Okay. Thank you very much, Ralph. Andy, I'd like to get you in on this. Let's talk about teams in one place, your experience, and not only your experience as an, as an entrepreneur, Andy Yen, but also your experience as part of the SAP Startup Focus program. What have you seen?
4: Sure. So uh, just to just to kind of reiterate uh, what Bish said. Um, yeah, what what Vish mentioned earlier is that you know it's it's great to have a team really close together. Um, you really need kind of that core strong team. Uh, that's really how uh, the startup Focus program is uh, started off. And you know, we're actually kind of a startup within SAP. I mean, we were founded in June of 2012, and you know really started off as um, a month. You know, started off with six people, and we we've grown to about 20 uh, over the past year. So, um, you know. We we do have teams based in uh, Dublin, Ireland, and in Bangalore as well. Um, and for us to, you know, really work with them and work with the startup and align ourselves with, um, you know, each of the startup uh, companies, we really uh, need to be in constant contact with each other. So, uh, you know, we a lot of us go out of our ways to, uh, you know, really, we'll set up one-on-one meetings with each other. Uh, we'll go out, you know, we'll we'll go out of our way to we'll set up you know, meetings at different time zones, to go out of our way to um, better get to know each other first before we can actually achieve the goal of, you know, creating, uh, of helping our startups become successful uh, at SAP.
0: So you're a startup, we're a startup yourselves. I hear somebody talking in the background. Talk to me. Is that Vish or is that Ralph? Well,
3: th- th- this is Ralph speaking. I, th- I think I would l- like to, to add one thing and coming back to Please. your own intro, Bunny. Uh, mm-hmm. y- you started with the question, how many times have you failed in business? So, yes. uh, well, that, that was talking about more the large things, large failures, but uh, I was hitting on the word trust here the 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 important thing is if if you're moving forward you're not always doing things perfectly right so you're making mistakes smaller ones, larger ones and the trust thing is that you are encouraged to be courageous enough to try new things and to make failures in the eyes also of the whole team and uh if if you have a team which has this this trust uh established then that works and then no nobody will hit on you if you make a mistake and ev- everybody mm-hmm. will help you to get out of the trap and all these kind of things so this this is this is very important that you're getting a culture where failure is not a problem in in within the company so within the team or between the teams and that everybody is helping the the the, the other person or the other team then to to putting things right in the end so uh, and that's definitely easier if you're spending more time with each other and where you have to be very careful if you're selecting a team which is working remotely so that this, still, this, this uh, perfection and, and this, this helping and supporting attitude is really developing also in a team which is working distributed. That's, that's not easy.
0: No, it's not easy. And and going back to our theme, Ralph and Andy and Vish, of, of the rearview mirror and the I wish I could do it over again, uh, I want to ask each of you if you could be candid with us and tell us what you learned on this particular point of either having the core team spread out in too many locations where the time differences were just too vast, even for video conferencing and Skyping, etc., where where it's a, a digital togetherness. And in terms of trust building and accepting shared responsibility for for failure, shall we say. Uh, anything you could share with us in terms of a real experience? Vish, you first?
2: Yes, yeah, so this is Vish. Uh, you know, I, I, I talk about the successful failure. And, you know, sometimes when you get, not sometimes, but almost every single time we've ever got a brand new team together, um, we start them small, and it's almost like we want to throw that first thing away. Because part mm-hmm. of that thing that they're working on is, you know, they're working on something, but really what they're working on is building their relationship of how they work together, and so that successful failure is critical. I mean, we're failing every day. You know, people talk about entrepreneurs failing. I mean, if baseball players who bat 300 are succeeding only one third of the time. And so you have to, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have that thick skin. And you know, as as, as Ralph was saying, um, it's it's you have to have the trust within the team, and they have to know how to communicate with each other. Something that's very recent for us, even even here at Liquid. I mean, we you know building the product over the over the years. Um, we did start very remotely, but I think what, what one of the things when you're remote and you want to get your core team together, there's n- there's no free lunch. You better be prepared to jump on a plane and spend quality time all in one place to get that right design. There's you know we just you know just did not find any substitute from the whiteboards. Did not find any substitute from just you know people people working together in the same you know, breathing the same air as we would say.
0: Very, very good point. This is what's so key for our audience to understand, is to hear these real stories, and I appreciate your candor. Ralph, do you want to share a a specific lesson learned on this point with us? Anything you want to share? I'm thinking specifically from your transition from VMS over to Trufa, which was a very recent one. Ralph, anything you learned about team building, trust, core teams?
3: Well, the, the, the team-building effort for Trufa is just just running, and, and maybe I will, will report a little bit later on that. But one, one other point comes to my mind. It it really depends on uh, a lot on individual personalities. So I, I once had a, a person in, in VMS in the company he wanted to join, but he couldn't move for family reasons and uh, wanted to work from my home office, and I thought it's fine. And, and overall, after a year, it failed. So it failed in a way that he said, I can't stand it. I I can't stand working from the home office. I need people around me. So ah. it's just, just me and the computer and the phone, and this, this doesn't work. And uh, on the other hand, I have uh, people on the team who are working with me for, for 10 years now from a home office. And it works perfectly. And uh, if if I'm looking at the tiny things which make the difference, it's the way Mm -hmm. they are capable to communicate. So the guy who can stand it he's grabbing the phone. He's also calling in for small amounts of of information, not just for the formal ones, not for the formal Mm -hmm. meetings. But uh, I just got off the phone and this was awful and so he has to, to yell for thirty seconds so to, to get some frustration out. But you normally do around the water cooler. So he mm-hmm. does it on the phone as if he would be a part of the team. And while he's away he's he is part of the team as if he, he, he would be in the same office. And that's a lot of that's that's a communication uh, ability people have to bring when when they are working remotely in in, in any uh, way whether it's a whole team in a remote location or whether it's working from home office. And not everybody is made for that. So I think we have to select the people according to their communication abilities.
0: And and uh, talking about communication as well, Ralph, when you're setting up your core team, you have to let people know that this could be the environment. You want them for certain qualities, but maybe everybody who is core to each other won't be in the same place face-to-face, and they have to understand, try to project, predict and project whether they're comfortable, and they can be very productive in that environment. Andy, you want to chime in on this, especially in your startup experience, anything in terms of core team building or even with your own startup focus program team now in terms of being spread, different footprints, um, and the trust and the coordination and collaboration. Andy?
4: Absolutely. So just talking about my experience in my education startup, um, my startup was working with Chinese students and helping placing them into uh, schools in Michigan, uh, where where I'm originally from. And, you know, it really wasn't until I was able to convince the school superintendents to go visit China and to understand, you know, the enormous economic opportunities there um, that they decided to start implementing Uh, student exchange programs and foreign, you know, uh, study abroad programs uh, and Chinese language programs in the schools. Um, I myself, I grew up with no Chinese in Michigan, right? So for me, it was totally, uh, it it was completely foreign to me, you know, having, you know, one education at home where, you know, I was, you know, raised uh, in a very traditional Chinese way and then going to school and, you know, acting American. So um, that's, Mm. you know, that was my purpose of, you you know, That was my purpose of launching my startup. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, business is about people, right? Um, You can't, Mm -hmm. uh, you're providing, you know, you're going to do something better than someone and provide that value um, to a customer. So it's important to have a team in place that knows each other, that trusts each other, and can really, like, you know, work together to achieve uh, a common vision.
0: This all brings to mind, I'm going to shift gears in a second, but it brings to mind when we watch the Oscars, the Academy Awards on TV, and a film wins for, let's say, the film of the year or the best something, and not just one or two people, but 25 people march on stage with their best borrowed Harry Winston diamonds and their gorgeous hair and their magnificent gowns and the most fashionable tuxedos and the shiniest shoes, and you say, do all these people really, how much did they contribute, do they all really get along that well? Because everybody's kissing and hugging, look what we did. Well, it would be nice if we could believe that they all really got that collaborative team spirit and that trust and not somebody looking over in the corner and saying, he shouldn't be up here. He almost tanked this movie. But anyway, I digress. Let's turn to a topic we brought up. Uh, I think, Vish, you brought this up when we first started this roundtable conversation, talking about having a focus. Is it a problem-solving focus? Is it a business strategy focus? Is it an industry focus? Uh, let's talk about the learning process from, let's say, your first startup, your first entrepreneurial venture and adventure, to the second or third one where you have that rear view. We don't have it the first time. We have to gain that experience. So looking back over your shoulder in the rear view mirror, while keeping your eyes straight ahead, Vish, what have you learned in terms of focus, focus, focus? I know that's one of your buzz phrases uh, in terms of that, that excitement like, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, we can have it tomorrow. Yeah, we can do three of those. Yeah, we can do 25 products. Yeah, we'll have 15 designs. OMG, stop the train. Let's focus. So what is your main lesson learned under the topic of focus? Take it anywhere you want, Vish, and then I'll ask Ralph and Andy as well. Go, Vish.
2: So you said focus industry, focus technology, focused business, and so I say all mm-hmm. of the above. Okay. When you're starting, you, you need to have that laser focus three-dimensionally. You can't learn all new technology. Technology will trip you up. There's too many new things happening. And you need to focus on the business. I mean, you have to solve real-world use cases. Technology without understanding purpose is, is useless. And so I, 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 you know, I insist that you must focus on all three. So the first, first time around, you know, coming, coming from the Wall Street world and to the mm-hmm. rest of New York City... It was like the. It was like a world is your oyster. It was like everybody needs this. Um, oh yeah. The sec- the, you know, the second time around, um, you know, the second time around, we, we narrowed it down to three things. You know, so we said, well, if it's, you know, three's got to be a focus, right? Three, three of everything. We'll focus on banks. We'll focus on dot coms, <laughs> and uh, and we'll focus on um, what was the, what was the third one here? It was dot coms, banks, and uh, I guess enterprises. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, but that's not really focused either. And so, you know, yes, we built the product. Yes, it worked. Yes, we got, you know, awesome, awesome investments and stuff like that. The third time around, it was extremely focused. You know, the third time around, it was uh, we are, you know, it, it, even though the product could have and, and, and would have solved problems in other areas, you know, we sort of like built an anomaly engine to look for anomalies in data. Um, mm-hmm. We focus on payroll. We focused on payroll processing, and, and, and we solved a very specific problem. And then everything started, you know, the algorithms, everything else starts to look different. And and that mattered. You know, it, made, it meant a smaller team. It meant lower costs. It meant faster time to market. That's so focus, fo- focus, focus.
0: Focus, focus, focus. Thank you very much. And, Ralph, at Trufa, from VMS to Trufa, what did you learn about focus? What can you share with our listeners, please?
3: Well, uh, Focus is a, is a very generic, uh, generic ability, which is very important for an entrepreneur. So I think that, that that's what Wish was pointing at uh, very wisely. For for me at the moment, it has also a very practical meaning. Founding a new company is a lot of, of paperwork, a lot of lawyers' talks, uh, a lot of things which uh, in in the end, well at least from the feeling of of a software engineer don 't really contribute to the welfare of a company it 's something you have to do, you must do, so you have to file your papers for the SEC or whatever. Uh, so the differentiation between what is important, what is urgent, and what is necessary is not that easy. So uh, then turning, again, the focus on customer and product, so really why you built the company for, uh, is important, but I can confirm to you also it's fun to do that. So it's fun to focus on the things you would like to make the subject of the company.
0: Thank you very much. And Andy, what do you think? What does the word focus mean to you in terms of trying to do too much for too many people past the reasonableness of what your team needs to do, of what your company needs to do, and honing it in? What's the rear view mirror value of that?
4: <laughs> well, well, the team I'm on is called the Startup Focus Program. And, and sometimes, um, you know, we ask what the focus actually means in the program. Um, but, you know, I can tell you what we want to do. And, you know, um, you know, we, we want to do everything. So we want to, you know, we, we really want to change the industry, and we want to become relevant, right? We want to we want to change how SAP works internally. You know, we want to act as a catalyst uh, to to make you know, SAP a more agile company. Uh, we want our entrepreneurs to succeed. And we also want to enter new markets. Um, you know, say Brazil, Japan, and Korea. How, you know, how do we get into those uh, markets and reach out to the entrepreneurial community there? Um, and, you know, we want to improve our internal operations a, a lot at the same time. So, I mean, a lot of you know focus is really just on, in my opinion, just wanting to become better and determining what works and what doesn't and executing and moving forward.
0: Okay, thank you very much. You know what, guys? I'm going to give you all a break. We're almost at 10 of when we come back. We want to look five years ahead. We've been talking with Vish from Liquid Analytics, Ralph Trites from Trufa, Andy Yen at the SAP Startup Focus Program about rear view mirror. What's the value of hindsight? Is it 2020? Is the mirror blue skies looking over your shoulder or a little bit cloudy or murky? or Are there any storms you're driving away from while well, you keep your eyes on the prize, on the focus forward? How can you do things better based on your own experience. And the whole point is, how do you get away from the successes into how many times did you get back up, dust yourself off, start again, and do it better. I hope you're all finding some nuggets of wisdom here from my three very special guests. To we'll take the break right now, we'll go to break for just 1 minute. When we come back, we're going to ask Vish, Ralph, and Andy to polish off that crystal ball and tell me if we had this conversation 5 years from today. And I'll have you each make it very personal for your company or your organization. A, what do you think you will have learned? From what you're doing right now, what can you look back in the rearview mirror of five years from today? What could you share with us that you think will be new knowledge that would benefit our listeners as well as yourselves? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss the predictions. They're going to be gold. Mike out.
1: With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line? You need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers.
0: Here we are. We're back for our closing segment. Love that music. Yes, we do. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP, talking today to people who can look in the rearview mirror and say, we have lessons we've learned, and they're going to inform our success as we move ahead, because we're smarter now. We dusted ourselves off. We got back up. We started again, and we're doing it better. We're speaking with Vish Kanaran from Liquid Analytics, Ralph Treitz from Trufa, and Yen at SAP. So, So I assume you all went out to the boat, the attic, the garage, the basement, somewhere, the storage unit in the backyard, and found the crystal ball during our one-minute break. I could hear you all scurrying, and I want to know if we had this conversation five years from today, what other rearview tips, techniques, secrets, and insights do you think you would have either about Liquid Analytics or your next entrepreneurial endeavor? Vish Kanaran, talk to me. Go first, please.
2: Well, first of all, I went to the woodshed. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you did? That's new. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and, and, and it applies to that. I mean, you know, I will use so just even with liquid and what I see changing is the, the, the way people sell has changed. The traditional knock on the door and even what you, you know, the, you know the, the carpet bombing mechanism of how we think of social networking, things have changed drastically. And so, one of the things that, you know, you talk about crystal ball in terms of how to run a company. Is mm-hmm. move towards a marketing approach, and I and I cannot cannot stress that how much what I mean by marketing approach as opposed to a direct sales approach. Um, products have to come to market faster. Before it used to be, I want twenty thousand subscribers and I'm done. Now you need a million subscribers, and you and and then you may start talking. So mm. you you cannot get to that, and products become obsolete so quickly, like in eighteen months. Uh, so you got to. You know, you create your product, get it to market, and you really need to rethink your marketing approach to touch customers specifically, intimately, but a marketing approach. The second thing is, you know, and, and a little bit about, I guess, a lot of the folks on the call, uh, Ralph, uh, myself, Andy, we're all in the area of big data, and, you know, we all talk about big data, but it, it really hit us how important, you know, content is king, you know, it, it, you you experience the content. You know, you talk about a, you talk about a user experience. That experience only matters if the content is is it's for the content. People are listening to this call for the content, and mm-hmm. um, I, I highly recommend people when they're thinking about technology solutions understand the value of analytics and big data. And it's, I, I keep saying it's not about big data; it's about complete data. Uh, so that's that's my little bit of my little bit of my crystal ball on, on, on technology, if you will. Um, you know, there are going to be more sensors than cell phones. Uh, two mm-hmm. companies ago, I said there were more cell phones than PCs. And there's going to be millions of sensors out there, and we, we need to really think about sensors and appliances moving forward. So th- th- those are my my three things. And my my last piece about that is be in the cloud, use the cloud. You know, Ralph talks about focus in terms of uh, administrivia, don't try to mm-hmm. build that accounting system. Don't try to build that timekeeping system just because you can. Uh, use, use services just like you sell services and use the cloud to your best benefits so you don't have to deal with all this infrastructure. Market, Good market, po- market, get to market.
0: Focus, 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 market, market, market. In Vish, in five years, do you think you'll be on another company quest? Do you think Liquid Analytics will be in the rearview mirror or you want to give us a prediction or not?
2: Oh, I can answer that question. What I'm doing now is what I'm doing now. I, you love what you're doing now. If people ask me, it's the best company ever. It's better than all my other startups. Uh, it's 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 not just psychological warfare. It's you do this. You love the journey. You, I mean, who wants to invest in a company where everybody wants to eg- exit? Now, if we do exit for the value of our customers, so be it. Uh, and then we can talk in five years. Right now, I'm focused on liquid analytics.
0: Thank you. Great answers, Vish. Appreciate it. Ralph Trides I can give you two minutes. Talk to me. What do you think, Ralph? What's in your crystal ball, and where did you go to find it? Quickly.
3: Well, that definitely, uh, when I'm looking into the crystal ball, I'm, I'm seeing now the future of so, uh mm-hmm. The rear mirror shows three weeks, uh, so there's a long road ahead. Uh, we, we have a vision what we, we try to make out of, of big data. So the the, the vision is, that when you're looking around today in the the software business, I'm talking about business to business, that on the operational level, you have a lot of software, but we see that there's a totally new other world of software coming up uh, for decision makers, so they will have applications which makes it easier for them really to shape the future for company. Uh, Things which we try to cover today with reporting and these kind of things, but we expect that there will be a whole world of applications. We would like to make a contribution. We see others moving to that space. So there, there, there is a vision that a whole new application world is coming up, and we would like to, to be a part of that. And in five years, I'm I'm pretty sure that we are much closer to that. And beyond that, well, uh, it. It should not, not come across arrogant, so I, I, I try to play that a little bit down. But definitely, mm-hmm. we, we are forming a company, so mm-hmm. we would like to grow that. We would like to, in the end, to see that uh, as a company which has an IPO and is really becoming great and, and, and is making a great story here. So that's what the team and I are working very hard on and where we would be, we like to be much closer to in five years from now.
0: Thank you so very that, much Ralph. Uh, we Thank can open you. up
3: another bottle of champagne.
0: There you go. Well, hopefully we'll all be together then. I can give you Andy one minute. I'm sorry we're running a little shorter. Andy, five years from today, what will the conversation be? talk to me.
4: Yeah, five years ago five years from today I, I imagine uh sensors, you know, wearable devices becoming a much bigger part of big data. Um people understanding, you know, what certain you know, their sleep patterns, I mean um, you know, the movements they make, uh the decisions that they do, um, Yeah, those are, and also, you know, as an industry, I I see that there's going to be a big big disruption in the automotive industry um, with driverless cars. Um, That's my crystal ball.
0: Oh, very interesting. Okay, you know what? I have my predictions written down, and just enough time to get them out here. Upcoming shows: next Thursday is December twenty-six. Woohoo! The day after Christmas, we won't be live, but we took care of that. We wrapped the present and put it under the tree, didn't we, Michelle Hickey? We've already taped the show, and you'll be hearing it if you're around next Thursday. It's called Relocating to Silicon Valley. Talk about rearview mirror. Evaluating your priorities. I'd like you also to, over the next couple of weeks, to listen in on Tuesdays our newest series is Biz Buzz with Game Changers. We're taking two weeks off from live, but we're re-airing the first show, Marketing to Millennials. Fascinating show. That will be on Christmas Eve, the 24th. And New Year's Eve, show number two for Biz Buzz is In Memory Computing. The advantages. What's it all about? You'll love that one. Wednesday's Coffee Break with Game Changers. Guess what? Yesterday I did my first 2014 prediction special. Had 16 guests on in 58 minutes. Amazing predictions. That was part one. I'm going to re-air that on January 1st. And on Christmas Day, if you're around, we're going to talk about technology donations to help NGOs and NPOs. Special thanks to Vish Kanaran from Liquid Analytics. Ralph Trites from Trufa. I want that champagne. Andy Yen from SAP. And a shout out, of course, to Michelle Hickey and Robert Capanen and the rest of the Startup Focus team for sponsoring the series. Mike and Brad and Ryan and Jeff and Jeff, the Business Channel team. Thank you very much for supporting us. And here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another live edition of Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. Happy holidays from us to you. Over and out. Bye bye.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO, and please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.